Hello and welcome to the Crystal Podcast on iCode Media. Today I had a great conversation with Dr. Prado Cabrero and Dr. John Nolan about uh, supplement certified. And we talked about the process, the why behind it, and then also their process to make sure that what uh, a company is saying is in their supplement is actually in fact what is delivered in their supplement. I thought it was a great and interesting conversation. Please enjoy our conversation. And as always, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, write a review, share it with your friends, and support those who support us. presbyopes can be tricky. These patients want and need additional help at near, but they can be resistant to solutions that create even mild distance blur. The MyDay multifocal lens has been great for our presbyopic patients. It allows those patients to transition into a multifocal more easily. We've had this lens now for long enough that we've been able to see how simple transitions can be from an adaptation standpoint from lower ad designs to higher ad designs. The MyDay multifocal material is CooperVision's softest one-day hydrogel lens and features aquaform technology combining the unique balance of high oxygen permeability with natural wettability in one material. The result is a highly breathable lens that keeps our patient's eyes looking clear, white, and healthy. So if you haven't started utilizing MyDay multifocal in your practice, I'd encourage you to reach out to your CooperVision representative to get started. Getting young presbyopes in progressive lenses can be tough, but it doesn't have to be. Verilux Liberty 3.0 lenses are an introductory solution for emerging presbyopes, and they're available in select ad powers. This lens provides an all-in-one balanced vision solution for an accessible and great first-time progressive lens wearing experience. Learn more about Verilux Liberty 3.0 lenses and get free resources to help start the progressive lens conversation with your young presbyopes at slorepro.com slash Verilux. You know, John, I've got I've got some questions on my mind that that sort of delve in deeper to try to play devil's advocate. But before I get there, I want you to you know first, Alfonso, if you can kind of introduce yourself to the audience. John has um, has been on the podcast a number of times now. I think it's probably four times, John. Um, And this would be number five. And he's such a great um, he's such a great uh, discussion that that I continue to have him on. But Alfonso, kind of give us your background um, and you know where you where you're from, kind of your history, and then how you fit into this idea of supplement certified. Well, I am a biochemist and I'm from Spain, and I have been working with carotenoids for most of my career. Uh, but I also have been working with um, in molecular biology, uh, cancer, and many many other things in in a number of countries. And I joined John uh, a few years ago. How many? How many? Years Since twenty fourteen, I think. Yeah, you were you were, you had a lot more hair then and less grey before you met me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Twenty so, yeah. twenty one. What yeah. year was it? Twenty. Oh, oh, it's a long time ago. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, so he works in carotenoids. I work in carotenoids. So. This is why we are so, so tell me about how the dynamic of, of the two of you, how does that working relationship work? Are you in the same lab? Are you in separate labs and you collaborate? Give me an idea of that. 
Yeah, so we're we're absolutely in the same laboratory. When when Alfonso came to work with the Nutrition Research Centre Ireland many years ago, we were essentially we'd advertised for a senior scientist. We 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 had a very good skill set in 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 carotenoid analysis. Um, starting from my own PhD, which I was looking at only the other day, I, I actually presented my conclusion of my dissertation from two thousand and three, um, which was which is. I'm very pleased about actually what I said then based on where we are now. But um, we, we our, our works back then, we use um, systems to work with carotenoids. So we can measure carotenoids in in food. We can measure it in, you know, in blood. We can measure it if it exists pretty much in anything. But we, around that time, we had been doing a lot of the, this new work with mesoziazantin. And mesoziazantin. So we were perfecting the 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 meta. Essentially, you have to separate the the various carotenoids if you want to work with them and quantify. With it. like spectral microscopy, is that the kind of preferred way in the lab, or how are you doing that? It's high performance liquid chromatography, and and, and which and I think we should explain what that is. Yeah, I think you should. I think that's yeah. good because yeah. I think you know from us that. as a clinic, yeah. Yeah. it's so, hard for us to understand clinically. You know the what you're doing to yeah. get to get the information. I think that's important, Chris, because like I know when I speak to like your colleagues, the doctors, maybe in 30 seconds, I'll put up what we call a chromatogram and we'll explain what that is. And and I'm like really excited about this uh, squiggly (laughs) graph and I can see no one's really that excited about it. So how we get there, I think is important. But to answer your question, Alfonso joined our our facility as 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 a senior scientist to really perfect our methodology and enhance our methodology and support projects that require that methodology, our human trials and so on. So so let's talk about what HPLC is. How, how yeah. You said spectrophotometry and That's we use that, but HPLC is a kind of uh, improvement in spectrophotometry because if you have a sample with a mix of carotenoids, let's <clears> say, and you go to a spectrophotometer and you measure that, you will get a reading, you, you will get a number. But if you have three carotenoids in that uh, sample, you won't be able to separate. You you won't know which carotenoid is contributing more to that number. When you use an HPLC, you can separate these three carotenoids. You use a, a, it's a column. Uh, you can, if you think of a pen, like this one, for instance, you have here. So this is the size of our columns. But... It's not filled with ink. It's filled with a special powder. So our sample with the three carotenoids enters the, the column in this way. And then this powder with these properties that it has uh, makes the three carotenoids run through the column at a different speed. Mm-hmm. So when the first carotenoid comes out of the column, we have a spectrophotometer that records the peak. So we see a peak. And then comes the second carotenoid and it's recorded. And then the third. So we can see with the spectrophotometer the contribution of each peak to the whole to the whole measure. So it's, my my background in uh, was you know I have I have a biotechnology uh, undergraduate uh, degree and I'm thinking about this like a Western blot maybe for so mm-hmm. is is that is sort of the same time like you create a current through a gel and then it pushes those uh, down a certain level based on how big those chemicals are, or does this happen much ra- more rapidly? Did that freeze? Okay. 
Let me ask that again. Uh, and I'm going to shut my video off. You guys won't see me, but I'll still be on. Because um, sometimes if they get this, it will be better. Okay, so um, so you guys won't be able to see me, but you'll, I'll still be able to see you. Is this okay? Can you hear me better? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Okay. So you... That's okay. My video is still on, so we're still good. It's just going to record here, but you guys won't be able to see me while I record. Okay. Uh, John, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you, Chris. Yeah. Okay. So it will look weird, um, but this will help prevent any delays. Okay. Okay. Natalie, you can hop off. It'll, it'll still work because I did this last week when, when I was in Maryland or when, when I was in Maine. Or you can get off. Yeah, there you go. Um, so let me ask that question again. Um, did, did, were you able to hear the question before? John? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so go ahead, I guess, yeah, we'll, we'll cut it there and then you can, you can respond. So yeah, it's, it's, it's very similar to, to a Western broad. It's, it's a type of chromatography essentially. And this is a fancy type of chromatography. It's, we, we call it high performance or they used to call it high pressure, high performance, high pressure, liquid chromatography. And essentially it is that. And as you say, you have this moving phase, we call this the mobile phase. So I like to look at it as a kind of a separation chemistry because there's chemistry everywhere. There's chemistry in the, the carotenoids that we work with. There's chemi- chemistry in the stationary phase, which is, as Alfonso described, is the column. And then there's chemistry in the mobile phase, which kind of pushes the, the samples through. And um, so essentially the, the optimization of a protocol is the optimization of the elements of the chemistry to allow you retain certain compounds and push others through. And the idea here is that you can separate any of these carotenoids. And we call this a resolving. We have to resolve the carotenoids. And once you resolve them, once they're separated, essentially you can you can detect their, their concentration. You can detect their peak. This is achieved by drawing essentially a, a line underneath. And essentially you're referring back to a standard. So um, we will have a standard of lutein, a standard of zeaxanthin, a standard of mesozeaxanthin, or whatever carotenoid we're working with. And we will change knowingly the concentration of that carotenoid standard. And as you increase it, you get an increased response. And we end up with what we call a standard curve, which you'll be familiar with. So if you have a lot of lutein, you're going to get a high area, you're going to get a high number. But as part of our system and our meta validations, we will have all our standard curves within the absolute expected uh, levels. And we might talk about our ISO protocols, how, how hard we have to work to make sure and ensure the, the, the validity of what we do is, is totally optimal. Well, I think that that um, kind of brings me to my first question about supplement certified is, you know, first, Obviously, how how can a consumer know that uh, a supplement that hasn't been FDA approved from from a United States standpoint that hasn't been FDA approved kind of does what it says it can do so or or has what it says it can have uh, in <laughs> inside of it? So I guess that's probably the better question. So this is a problem. True. Yeah. This is a problem um, because the honest answer to that, Chris, and maybe Alfonso wants to come in as well uh, after I answer, but the honest answer is the consumer or the doctor, both, both parties in this equation up to now has no idea. Because if you look at current regulatory around this, if you and I, Chris, wanted to create a supplement today 
and um, essentially we would have to source the raw material from the carotenoid providers and there's, there's many of those across the world. Um, we would source them. They would sell it to us. We would try and encapsulate it. There's different ways you can do that. You can put it in a tablet. You can put it in a, you know, an open capsule. You can put it in a soft gel. There's different ways you can do that. And we should talk about that later as well. But And then you put it in a tub and you put a sticker on it and you sell it. And this is the whole issue. As you know, I really support the use of targeted, safe, effective carotenoid interventions. And knowing and accepting several decades of research that there's, there is an absolute opportunity for eye care and optometry and ophthalmology to do this. It, there was an assumption made by me as a researcher that everything, once it gets into the commercial world, would be perfect. It would all, and I made this mistake at the beginning, even when we sort, were sourcing our material, our supplements for our trials. We, when you get sent a supplement that says it has, let's say, 10 milligrams of lutein, you expect it to be there. And the, the point is, you know, there is no real check beyond what, a, what a, the new code, the company would have to tell the authorities that they have done, that they've sourced the, the material, that there's a cert of analysis which you get from the, the original provider. But from that second on, there's, there's very little, if any, checking, right, Alfonso, of, of the supplement. So they, there is a there would be sorry Alfonso I do want you to answer that but but so I can wrap my mind around this yeah um, there would be a prohibition from me just sticking sugar in a capsule and coloring it some color and and getting I would at least have to show some authority that I have sourced that material from somebody else yeah. but beyond that correct whether or not that gets into the capsule in the right dosages or it uh, is effective and is deliverable through that capsule or whatever other mechanism there is no check check on that is that correct alfonso there there is no check no and many okay. companies we know that they are doing very well um, at least when we measure at the beginning of the when we get a, a bottle of a product another story a different story is how these product behaves over time is another story, but we have seen um, products that we tried to analyze them and they were orange. And for some reason we, we couldn't get any, any carotenoid from them. So we, when we extract the, the capsules, we sometimes when we extract a powder, the powder goes to the bottom of the tube when we centrifuge and it keeps orange or yellow. It's like, how can we, we cannot get the, the, the color, the carotenoids from the, from the, from the product. So there is no carotenoids. And finally, we measure in the spectrophotometer and we see that this color is not carotenoid color. So there's nothing and the color is not carotenoids. This is an, an extreme case. Yeah, we have seen this, it though. This is. Yeah. So what we're saying is like, you shouldn't like legally regulatory says you should put in what you're supposed to put in and there's, there's rules yeah. depending on the territory of how how you should behave in that regard and another level of this is that there is regulations in each, in each country that says uh you have to have 80 um, percent of what you say in the level claim of for those carotenoids in your product 80 percent from 80 percent to 120 percent so, Canada, for example, that's the Canadian, mm -hmm. 80, 80, 120. So mm -hmm. this regulation seems to come, and maybe I'm wrong, from the, the, the idea that it's difficult to, to add to a food something to a certain level. It's just difficult. So they allow for uh, variation. a variation. So 
to me, I think that the, the starting point should be 100%. Like okay. the FDA, right? The FDA in, in well, the US. Am, Amazon is, or Amazon. Is, is asking for this now. So this should be the starting point because we know that companies can achieve 100% or, or more than 100%, 110%, This is achievable. So this is the first uh, step that should be done. But the other step is that uh, companies, mm, some companies, they don't even reach because and so this is this is what you've kind of been doing to test like john when you and i have had these conversations uh, a couple years ago about how do you know what the best supplement to use in a study because you don't want to do a study where you're using ineffective supplement and then you're questioning whether or not the supplement was ineffective or the carotenoid was ineffective so you've been doing these types of things for years and years and years uh within your own standards to decide which supplementation you're going to use. Is that correct, Alfonso and John? Yeah, that that would be correct. I mean, and we made mistakes, you know, 20 years ago when we did our first, so Alfonso wasn't more commitment, but when I did my first supplement study, it was a lutein, um, but it was in a very hard capsule. <laughs> and it, mm. it's published, it's the compass trial. And the response was terrible like really bad to the point I'm scratching my head going, we can't really change the needle even in the primary transporter in the blood. It was, it was poor. Hmm. Um, and one of the, it wasn't that the company at that stage were not putting the carotenoid I believe in, but it wasn't able to come out. So this is a yeah. different, you know, bioavailability, bioaccessibility. This is a whole other conversation to have, but I'm telling you this because it's interesting for me because back then I would never have thought that, getting this product wouldn't have delivered the, the, the target micronutrients that the, the carotenoids that we wanted to use. It was never a challenge for me. So I made a wrong assumption that everything is, is meets its label claim. That's the point I'm making. And then following on from that, you know, the, the one of the first kind of real eye openers to this for me was that um, we were sent um a triple carotenoid powder many, many years ago when, when the whole meso um, interventions kind of became available. And we started our trial and these trials are very expensive to run and take a long time. You have to go to IRB, you have to design your protocol. And um, honestly, back then, as part of the trial, we never measured the supplement carotenoid content. We just assumed it was right. Mm. But, but what we were seeing... Um, we were looking at the various response and at, then we developed the capacity to be able to work with supplements. And what, what was supposed to be the 10, 10, two formula many, many, many years ago wasn't, it was like, I can't remember totally, but it was like, it was significantly lower and the ratios were all off. And when I reported it back to the company, they were like, well, it should be the, the 10, 10. And it wasn't. And what, what we, we published that work and what they did was they got rid of that formulation straight away. They discarded it. And, and we, that was the first indication to the importance of the formula that there's different ways you can keep these carotenoids steady because are stable rather. Cause as soon as you take them out of the, 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 the plants and primarily the marigolds and you put them through a process to purify them, you're making them vulnerable because you're taking away what otherwise protects them, which are the palmitates, the, mm. the esters. And so if you don't formulate them correctly, like we had one product recently, um, product heavily promoted in, in Canada, um, and, you know, it was in a powder, and I think it was 28 days, Alfonso, it just dropped completely, yes. 28 mm. days after the after we opened. So there's air getting in, 
Um, and as soon as that happens, these carotenoids won't last long at all. So formulation, formulation is 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 key. I I mean I believe there's there's a couple of I believe there's some companies out there that genuinely are sourcing what they believe to be the right amount of raw material, and I believe that the companies selling those raw materials are giving them, you know, the the for the formulation they're looking for. But how it's formulated and encapsulated and protected thereafter, I believe, is where a lot of the problems, and that's where a lot of the, the science here begins at the source for me. Yeah, well, I think that's that's kind of where where we get, can sort of transi- transition into. You know, we've already sort of described the problem. So you have the problem of you know sourcing appropriate materials, putting the correct amount of those materials into your supplement, uh, and then you have this, this third problem of making sure that it's bioavailable and stable once once it is open. So to me, this seems where uh, what you and I have talked about, well, the three of us have talked about before, is is supplement certified in terms of what does, um, you know, what is the process? So Chris Wolf wants to manufacture a, a carotenoid. Um, I source it. I send it to you. How do? Tell me, like, what do you do? Yeah. Why? Why? First of all, why would I want to do that? And second of all, what do you do to know that that my supplement is going to check the box on all those things? So, so I think Alfonso is the best place to answer that. But I, I think what we should do here at this point, kind of close out the problem, because I agree we've identified that there is a problem. The extent of the problem, Chris, is what is what maybe your listeners would be really interested to to learn is that it's probably at about seventy five percent of supplements out there that claim the eye carotenoids that we've been talking about hmm. do not meet the label claim. Do wow. not meet the label claim. Seventy five percent of the ones. So that's the extent. Yeah, of the that's problem. high. I mean, I think that's probably. I don't know. Um, you know, if if that's the case, you know, I think from a from a patient conversation standpoint, information like that. So so if you can, you know, obviously I know that you're kind of de-identifying to the public where you're not going to bash people who submit their their information to you, but. But, you know, you're going to find that. And so for us to be able to understand that, like, if a patient's saying, look, I, I can find these carotenoids in this dosage, and I think it's it's less expensive, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, it's hard, for, it's hard for me to say, like, okay, well, it's – I know – well, it's not hard for me to say this. I know the supplement I've recommended for you is stable based on the studies I've yeah. seen. I can't be sure about this. But then having that other caveat of being like, well, when this is studied – uh, 75% of, of uh, supplements don't do what they say they're going to or don't have what they say they're going to have. I think that's pretty powerful. And so the more of those types of information that you can give, even if it's de-identified, will be really helpful for clinicians to be able to arm their patients with that information. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think like what Supplement Certified wants is that we want um, an opportunity, a service, if you like, for we want a service that protects the patients first and foremost and the doctors that are making the recommendations. Cause I, I compliment and I applaud your colleagues that have put time into education to really understand this, to make, to make a recommendation. And now we have a responsibility to make sure that if the doctor is, is going on that journey with their patient, that at least what they're recommending is, is going to deliver what the patient believes they're going to get and what the doctor believes they should get. So now that we have this, it's about quality across, across, across the systems. And I, I think, I think that's really what, and we want this to be really positive that this is the point, you know, we've had a couple of like discussions and they're ongoing. And even there's an investigation underway by health Canada 
and based on a, a project that funds and I did over the over the pandemic to the point that there's so many failing and, and some in particular doing really poorly. Um, but we don't want Supplement Certified to be like a whistleblower for that. I don't see that as the duty. We want it to be a positive service where companies that know they're doing this right, that work hard to do this right, can invest their earnings to make sure they go to another tier of quality. So therefore, when you are making that right, so it's a positive situation and it's, it's not exclusive to any company. It's open to anyone that, that, that has the right to sell supplements in the eye brain health space market that have carotenoids. We believe we can deliver a quality stability service for those customers. So where, where this becomes successful, I believe is this, is actually going to happen from the patient and it's going to take time. It's going to be a point, and we've seen this happen already, where the patient actually says, look, I know this is important. I want what's best for me. Okay, it costs money. I have to invest in it. And, you know, how can I be sure as the patient, as the consumer, that I'm getting what I want? And then the doctor understanding that too, I think it goes both ways. Eventually then there's this requirement, there's this, you know, we're going to insist on the quality. And the wee bit is kind of that collective piece between the doctor and the patient. The people that should be paying for it are the companies that are selling you and promoting and marketing their supplement material to you and telling you, we have the best supplement because, and they all have their own. I've seen all the stories, right? Um, and that's fine. But they, they, they absolutely need to back it up with science. That's one piece, but that's not for today's discussion. What we're talking about today is can they back it up? With, a, with an appropriate stability program that, that, that gives that quality piece to you, the doctor, and ultimately the patient. So it's a very positive movement is what we want. Yeah. Sometimes even a company, can, we can find for them that they are not having 110% of the carotenoid, whatever. They are having 150% Too much. by mistake. Mm. So then they can lower their levels mm. to 110%, um, 120%. So mm. they save money. And we've seen this happen, you know, mm. we've seen this happen that, that come the formulation part is, 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 is relatively complicated. You know, it's, it's, you know, the bigger companies, you know, typically do it better because they, they, they work with kind of more checking and regulatory. And, but ultimately to your first question, the consumer can know and will know. And eventually it's this stamp of approval that it's honest, that this is supplement certified which is very different to, to being allowed to sell a supplement. The, the regulatory piece that exists, which is different for every country, is kind of like beatable, if you know what I mean. Hmm. You know, you can do enough to get going with this, and then, then the problems begin. So it's, an, it's that next layer, right? So do you want to talk about the process, how, how this works? So Yeah, I yeah. think that we can describe it as... Imagine that you go to the to the pharmacy and you get or to the supermarket and you get a bottle of any supplement, any brand. Mm -hmm. So what we do, if this if this company is in our program, uh, we take one bottle of every uh, lot produced for that product. Uh, so we take the bottle, we open the bottle in our lab, and then we take three capsules of it randomly, and then we analyze these three capsules and. The results that we get, we average them, and this is the the, the results. We we send a report with those results to the company, and if they pass, so yeah, so it goes to the, I mean, it goes live, 
So the customer will know, the company will know, and that's there. If there is, a, if for instance, if for one carotenoid, they don't have 100%, they have 90% of that carotenoid. We give a time to the company to improve their formulation to reach the 100% level. So still they will have our label, but there is a... a Just this that, commitment a, to... A commitment, a yeah. commitment from the company mm -hmm. to, to achieve 100% mm -hmm. in every carotenoid that they have in the supplement. So they're checking every lot is what you're saying. Every lot. So, every, so every like, lot. so they start with you. They, they establish that they, they are, they have what they say they have, but then in the future, what they do is they make sure that their processes stay consistent. And so that lot comes off and then they're going to send one bottle from that lot. And when they like, give me a sample, like a, a an assessment of, cause I, I don't know, you know, mm -hmm. if they're, if they're manufacturing a lot, does that is that like a consistent number of of tablets or bottles or or yeah, like it, what it it really depends the size of production and and we wouldn't even need to be party to that because as part you know some some companies might only do one lot production a year some might do four or five depending on their volume um and what they have to do as alfonso said is send send the, their samples to us and they're treated in those two ways. One is, is label claim today, and the other is the label claim over the, sh over the shelf life. Hmm. And actually there's three parts with it. It's label claim today, it's label claim over the shelf life, and it's label claim over um, actually the duration. So if it's a 30 day supply or a 90 day supply, we can uh, we yeah. look at it, does it survive that journey too? We, we see, and because that was one thing I learned, I wasn't expecting to see that type of deterioration that can happen if the supplements are not formulated correctly. Yeah. And we found so Alfonso, that. does that mean, sorry, to, but, but does that mean, you know, you give them this wiggle room, you said, but if they, does it have to stay at a hundred percent for that full, uh, for that full yes, shelf life? hundred percent. Okay. So it can't dip to 90 or 80. There's not no. a window of 40, uh, 40%. Yeah. No, if that's okay. the case, then we tell the company that they have to short, they have to shorten the shelf life of that product. Yeah. And, and the devil's advocate on this would be, which is typically driven by the, the organizations that are making the most money from this, which are like the people selling the raw materials and so on. They'll hide behind, you know, very old regulatory policies that allow you have lots of variation. Supplement certified doesn't care about that's old. That. That's old. That's old. Hmm. We, we actually care. We believe in this so much. We believe that the consumer, every time they get, take their capsule, you know, get what they, what the science says they need to get to get the results that we've seen that they get, you know, so we know it can be done. That's the point. And it, it shouldn't be characterized as, you know, just a food that has all this normal variation. It's pretty, pretty scientific how these are formulated, the process they go through, where they end up um, and how it can be done. And the, the bottom line is, you know, if we're ever going to take the stigma away from food supplements, where let's be honest about it, Chris, maybe I don't know what percentage of your of your colleagues actually recommend supplements. It's it's probably very small in the scheme of things. If the others are ever going to have the confidence and the belief that be, you know that, that there is quality opportunity out here for your patients, we have to get this quality bit right. So what I'm saying is, we. We really say that if you want to be a supplement certified product, 
you have to hit your label claim. You have to deliver what your what your consumers are paying for. I use the egg analogy always. If you go to the supermarket, Chris, and pay for for six eggs, and you come home and there's four eggs in the carton, you're right. not going to be that happy. You're going to go back to the supermarket and say, "Where are my other two eggs? Why is this any different?" Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it shouldn't be, and and I think that's I think that answers a, a big part of the problem. Um, with it. I mean, it, it, again, arms you with the, as a clinician, the ability to say, okay, this is what I think is important in this supplement. These are the things. If you want, you know, I, I think you can make it a lot easier than this, but if you wanted to get really heady with your patients, then you can even say, these are the important parts of the supplement based on the evidence that, that I've been able to read and, and, um, and watch clinically in terms of the benefits. Um, so you got to look for that number one, but number two, you can look for this label to say that it's going to be, uh, it's going to have, it is certified to have what it says it will have, and it will maintain stability. I think those two things for patients, for those that small group of patients that want to shop around, that um, or or whatever the percentage of that group of patients that want to shop around, at least arms them with something. So if they go to the the supermarket and see, you know. 30 different brands there and they're comparing and they find five of them that has what they're supposed to have, but none of them or only one of them have a seal of approval. At least that speaks to them. It arms them as the consumer, as you're saying, and as the patient to make the right decisions or to make good decisions or better decisions. And they might be able to see then that this supplement that costs, let's say $15 and this one that costs 10, uh, there is a reason potentially why they're, they do have a different cost as opposed to just going to exactly what the lowest priced item might be. Like we look at this, like, and let, let's put it absolutely on the table. Alfonso and I now for the first time have a significant conflict of interest in this type of discussion because it's the first time we ever own anything. Normally I'm speaking to you as an educator, maybe working as a consultant or whatever, and we ma- manage our conflicts of interest that way, no problem. But in this context, because this has been so successful and working with our university, this is a service still from the University of the Southeast Technological University within the, the, the Nutrition Research Center, Ireland Remit. And the point I'm making is because this service has such a value and working with our, our, our friends and colleagues at the university, they really want to kind of do what we call a spin out. So it's, it's this technology has been spun out into a campus company, essentially. Hmm. Um, and whereby the university have an ownership and Alfonso and I are, are, are involved in it too. But, but what we believe is, is, um, you know, for any company that is making a profit and selling these supplements, why would they not invest back into this quality testing program? Why would they not do that? Could there be any other uh, reasons, Alfonso, that that's, that you would be missing? So where I, if I'm a company that doesn't think I'm going to pass your test or doesn't pass your test, right, or pass the test of, of what's in it, are there any other potential like things that as a company I could point to and say, well, you haven't thought about this and my supplement does this or will have this? And it just your test isn't going to to do what it says it does for my supplement because mine's so unique. Have you thought about that? I'm sure you have. Yeah, of course, of course. Because many times I have seen that I couldn't get the characteristics that said uh, the label claim. The label claim said so. I'm always open to learn. So if they tell me, oh, you're not measuring right, so I will ask, okay, uh, show me which is the method to measure, and I will 
use it. So I will be, it will be great to, to use a new method. And then if it's working, then we validate the method and we learn. But, but for clarity, Alfonso, and I want to come back to your first point, Chris, about the, you know, the, the first potential concern. The trust, yeah. Yeah, the trust, I think that we let's come to oh, yeah, yeah. But, 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 let, but let's, let's deal with this other. I mean, what we're saying is our current methodology has gone through two years of ISO preparation, that it is of a standard, that it's valid, that it delivers what it says. Like we know exactly what we're doing to kind of just add a little bit to Alfonso's answer. You know, one of the other potential reasons is that we say basically, if they're in oils, if they're in oils, we see that they're very stable. If we see them in powders, we see that they're not going to be stable. They're going to degrade. Now, the argument to that that can be thrown at us is, well, um, it's in what we call a beetlet. And a beetlet is, is, is a particular type of formulation that, that has been around, not just for crotonites, for many, many different types of ingredients. And beetlets can be very, very useful for certain uh, micronutrients. Um but in terms of the carotenoids, even like we, we kind of know because we can look at them under the microscope if beetlets are present or not. So we, we go to that level of audit. But let's just say there was a beetlet there and we're not detecting the label claim. The, the, the company could argue, well, you just can't detect it because you can't break down the beetlet. Now, my counter argument to that is if we can't break down the beetlet with our very, very aggressive extraction techniques, which would be far more aggressive than the stomach, for example. Hmm. Okay. Well, what value is it to supplement in the first place? We can't get it out with a hammer, basically. So, so what would think- the answer be? So so again, what would the answer be um, to that? I, I guess probably not but, a lot, but what would the answer be? The, the answer would be is that if the company tells us that there's a beetlet, um, and we're not getting labeled. We'll always go in a consultation with them. We don't just go, you fail and you're wrong. We, we, there's a communication with the company to understand how it's formulated, you know, and if there's something, if, cause if they should be able to tell us, you know, what type right. of beetle it is, for example, knowing that we absolutely can break it down. We absolutely can detect what's present there. So I think the point I'm trying to say is in the very rare case, we could be accused of, not detecting label claim because our method is not fit for purpose. Because if you look at an oil, you have to look at a certain way. If you a certain way, if you look at a, a tablet, you have to look a certain way and so on. But we're really perfected those. Alfonso's point is, of course, just like any science, methods will always improve. You know, does yeah, we are know, researchers. We're researchers as well. You know, this is a research um, industry service essentially now. So we're curious, but we very we have. We have to be clear, though, you know, we are very confident in our analysis. If we re- if we produce a report that we say fails label claim, we'll only produce the report if we're sh- sure based on all methodologies and appropriate methodologies with what we believe to be the raw materials or the supplements we're working with. We give an answer. Do you understand, Chris? Yeah. And I think I think that when I listen to you talk, it, it can be easy to, um, you know, to, to try to be defensive about a position. So I ask you, what do you think of this? And you analyze it and say, it's not very good, Chris. Um, and, and like, that's one way to approach it. But from what I'm hearing from you is you, you actually approach that and say, well, we're not getting out what we think we're get what, what we, what you are claiming is in there or what you say, think is in there. Can you help us understand why that may be the case? That's a totally different um, approach. 
and uh, and I think that it speaks to the underlying you know goal of trying to understand as opposed to like prove this is right, prove this is wrong. Yeah. My patients with macular degeneration want clear and succinct recommendations from me related to products and solutions that can benefit their long-term ocular health and vision. To do this for my patients, I need to be confident that what I'm recommending will have a benefit to them. And that's why my supplement of choice is MacuHealth. MacuHealth is specifically formulated and clinically proven to rebuild and maximize macular pigment over a lifetime. This results in enhanced visual performance and aids in the treatment and prevention of age-related macular degeneration. I've discussed carotenoid absorption on this podcast with Dr. Nolans and Stringham, and MacuHealth uses a patented process called micromycel technology. And this technology is clinically proven to increase carotenoid concentrations at the target tissue and deliver the highest level of bioavailability studied to date. MacuHealth has been great for my patients. We really feel like we have the ability to help those patients in all categories of macular degeneration. If you're not utilizing MacuHealth for your patients, check it out for yourself by contacting your MacuHealth representative. The most common questions I get include, what ophthalmological codes or evaluation and management codes should I use? What ICD-10 codes do I need to build with this CPT code? What CPT codes can be built together and what can't? And my favorite, how do I manage a patient who has diabetes who comes in for a quote-unquote routine eye exam? These questions really highlight the confusion and uncertainty that serves as a daunting hurdle for providers, makes it more challenging for them to care for their patients and provide those patients with the best opportunity for a lifetime of ocular health and clear vision. That's why we built iCode Education for this specific purpose. Our mission is to provide optometrists with resources to help you understand disease states, revenue cycles, and billing and coding so that you can put that on autopilot and truly care for your patients. Check out iCodeEducation.com. That's E-Y-E-C-O-D-E Education.com. We've developed a premier billing and coding bundle that includes all of our billing and coding resources in one place. We also have a 10% discount code just for listeners of this podcast. Enter the coupon code E-Y-E-C-O-D-E-M-E-D-I-A-22 at checkout. We'd love to work with you. Check out iCodeEducation.com. Yeah, no, this this is, there, there, you know, there's various techniques and methodologies that Particularly the, the HPLC bit is standard. So by the time you get the sample to work with, you do the same type of analysis pretty much the whole time, right, Alfonso? Yeah. Um, but it's where we can have problems to go back to where where maybe this fall down is it's always related to the extraction piece, yeah. I would think. Yeah. Um, can, yeah. Are you getting it out? And then, there's the, as you say, it's a consultation. And we, we pretty much believe we know most of what we should know at this stage, notwithstanding we'll always learn. Yeah, this is why we work with memberships because yeah, we have a- this time, one year, to 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 discuss, to improve and all that. Yeah, it's a membership. So the companies that we have signed signed up already, you know, say, Okay, I'm gonna this is really good value for me because A they're gonna have this quality approval that verifies the label claim. That's the primary. B we've seen it help them. 
with their regulatory piece as well. It provides a document that they can use when they're registering the product or, or, or whatever. Um, and C, it really helps them. And I've seen this firsthand, helps them in their scientific marketing, their scientific storytelling, which, which is totally appropriate as well. If they're doing it right and they've proved that they're doing it right, they get the value of being able to say that. And the doctor benefits and the patient benefits. Is there are there um, are there companies that uh, that you've worked with so far that you were surprised at? Uh, I know that you're trying you're not trying not you won't talk about companies that haven't yeah. satisfied things, but are there companies where you were surprised at at the results uh, favorably or unfavorably? Uh, you don't have to mention the companies, but where you're like, wow, this was not what we expected. <laughs> You say high or low? So but the question yeah, is like, either one, either way. Yeah, like uh, have we ever been really shocked? Yeah. I mean, I was pretty shocked last week, right? In a bad way. Can yeah, you can you describe maybe generally what happened yeah. that made you shocked? Yeah. So so no, sorry. So to yeah, good point. So in terms of the companies that we've kind of engaged with so far, and it's it's probably six, seven companies now that 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 yeah, and they're okay. competitors to each other, by the way. Um some of them. You know, they they're pretty much, there's been no main surprises there. Where we've seen surprises is in our R&D piece connected mm. to something certified, where, where we're actually, you know, looking at various supplements, um, you know, for different reasons, meta development, meta testing. And actually, look, last week, not as part of the supplement certified approval, we were, there was a scientific colleague of mine who was at the Bond conference who actually saw Alfonso's presentation and said, I'm working with, um, you know, um, a very different company to the one you, John, use in your in your trials, um, and he's he's partnering with them. He wanted me to look at the supplement, and um, he sent it to us, and we analysed it. But the first thing we did was we looked at the supplement, Chris, and it was white. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of knew this is going to be interesting, but it had mm. zero carotenoid, mm. zero, zero, right? Yeah, yeah. Is that the, that might have been the one I saw? I saw something about. I put it on think, the LinkedIn. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you didn't, yeah. it was de-identified, but you, I yeah. see, I did see that. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, pretty, pretty remarkable. That was surprising. That, that did it, did he change course? Did he change course and try to find another uh, company to work so with? This is all new, Chris, because we have to see. I mean, this is all new insofar as if everyone is genuine here, and if you have that information, you would imagine and hope that they would change course. But we know of examples as part of our R&D work, now not our supplement certified work, that we reported back to the companies. Of the, and instead of accepting that there was a problem, the reaction was very, very negative. What I'm hearing from you say is that, that you have these uh, large companies who have memberships to test their products on, on an ongoing basis. But if I had the wherewithal as a clinician to have a supplement that somebody uh, asked me, said it was going to be valuable and I wanted to evaluate that on my own, is part of your business model to be able to evaluate that on a one-off scenario where I could just test something that maybe is a company that didn't go through your process? Uh, would you do that? I think that I think that would be catered for by the initial consultation piece that, you know, where we would work to make sure that we can work with that product. Um, and give an idea as to, you know, what what's about that. It doesn't mean that that company gets to have the supplement certified approval stamp where they can go, you know, saying, oh, we have this because essentially the reports it's are an not ongoing. formally yep. generated. 
Yeah, it's an ongoing process, but but we will always be happy to have a consultation with with any company that wants to do the right thing by this and get some testing done. Um, and look, like we're so confident in this that even if on the back of this, loads of companies say, "Oh, I'll send you mine," you know, we we prove that it's confidential. We're not going to start talking about that company in a negative way. It's not what we want to do. We will give the information, but. It, you know, then they have a then they have a moral dilemma to, to to address. If they're happy with what they see and they want to go on the program and stay on, great and thank that's great for their patients and their doctors that they're selling to. If they don't, that says something else. And and so the only way to make everyone want to get to that place is is to make sure that eye care community and the recommend the prescribers, if you like, which are the ODs, require it. Say, yep. Well, this I want I want my product to to do that. Yeah. Receiving of the product, the analysis of the product, the reporting of the product. It's part of a validated process that involves people, methods which are validated, right? And ISO 17025 that we have applied for. So this means that every year we will have uh, people auditing to the lab, auditing yeah. and say, and asking for reports, for, for instrument reports, and for how do we manage our data. Yeah. So it's a third party that's going to come and say you are doing things right or not. So absolutely, the data, the third data, party. Yeah, yeah, and that third party, Alfonso, is basically some sort of uh, another certifying body that says if you're yeah. a lab and you're doing these things, we can trust what you're doing. And I think from the supplement certified point of view, you know everything. That's the other thing we didn't kind of explain well, that the, the, the benefits to the companies that do this, there's, there's two levels of benefit, right? One is for the doctor and the consumer that if they go to the supplement certified website, I think it's supplementcertified.ie, they'll get the view. Um, and we want this to grow to all the competitors. We want all the people who are competing with each other to be in that family of quality membership. That's fine. But they'll get to see that they are certified. Um, for the companies themselves, which really helps them with the regulatory piece that every lot we do is their property managed and housed on our website, protective, of course, it's not available to everyone to see um, the, the, the full reports, but they are there if there was ever a requirement to make those mm. available legally or whatever. So it's all there. It's all archived. There's, there, there's, it's not just we give a number, go pass, fail. It's all traced back to the whole process to everything that we do. So we're really, that's where there's been years in the development to get, and Alfonso deserves most of the credit for, for getting us there in terms of this this whole total process from how a supplement is received, handled, analyzed, stored, data analysis, data reported, and verification. And it's just, it's a, the membership here is about being a member connected to this type of quality analysis to protect the consumer and the doctor and into the future to, to, to answer your question we like so as you know from my lectures there's over 700 carotenoids and we're not just interested in in the eye carotenoids we're interested in other carotenoids and we're we're actually in the middle of getting ready to get um, another carotenoid called astaxanthin a part of the ISO approved process it'll take a little bit of time but we'll get there so we're definitely going to scale to other carotenoids but we also have ISO um, processes um, ready to be ordered for the omega-3 fatty assets, which mm -hmm. is done on a totally different system. It's done on a gas chromatography. This is where we can look at the EPA 
DHA values essentially and other phospholipids as needed. So, yeah. Excellent. So let me, so there, you mentioned where you, where people can uh, find you. So we'll make sure we keep that in the show notes. Um, Alfonso and John, thanks so much for doing this again today. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, any parting thoughts, Alfonso? We'll start with you. John's wordy. <laughs> so am I. Yeah. No, I. What I want to say to just to finish is that we are doing this for the customer. I think of my mother going to the shop for a supplement, and she should know what she's getting. So if she could just look at the bottle and see, in this case, our label. This could give her confidence of what she's getting is right. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and awesome. for me, it's it's it, for me for me it's definitely the I I think we have a, a, a now a corporate responsibility to to work not just with the, the potential companies and customers for supplement certified, but also with the regulatory bodies um, to 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 help them understand how they can do better. To, to make the quality piece a requirement of supplements, you know, to, to take it to another level. I'm, I have a meeting with um, one of the, the government members in Ireland because they really want to improve. I've had some significant meetings. They want to improve what regulatory now requires, that there are these essential tests available for quality and stability of product over time. So I think that for me, that in addition to... You know, we're going to grow the team, right? We're, we're, there's, you know, I really, I'm, Alfonso and I are going to be way too busy, hopefully, to deal with the, <laughs> the requirements that this has. So we see this as, um, you know, something that can really scale here in, in the southeast of Ireland, connected to our university. Um, we'll, we'll be supporting many, many technicians and administrators and everyone to run this. And um, we're, we're excited about what that can do for, for the region as well. And, um, you know, we're happy, by the way, as well, for other organizations to, to do this. You know, when, if and when that happens, we believe that will probably be required, that it's not just supplement certified, that maybe there's other appropriate quality tests. So, And we, we would be very happy to do that in a collaborative way. Do, while it's a, it's a business, it's, a, it's an industry business, we're really interested in, in the service being, being utilized and the people benefit. Well, I think when, when, you know, if you know much about me, I'm generally, uh, generally like to have, you know, uh, independent businesses kind of forge the way. And, and sometimes you have to. I think in a lot of ways, especially over the last couple of years, people have relied on government agencies to, to do all the bidding. And, and when you see uh, that those agencies may not be um, stepping up. Uh, to the plate the way they ought to be. And certainly one of the things, as you alluded to, is is just the regulation surrounding supplements right now is lacking. And so having other entities that, that may be private or private slash public through a university um, to do the, the work that, that the existing governmental agencies won't do, I think is uh, is needed and is applaudable. So thank you guys for doing it. Thanks for coming on. 